Hello and welcome to Just Us Thinking. I'm your host, Michael. And I'm your co-host, Rebecca. And I'm your sound guy, Mikey. And we have a special guest in the uh, in the studio here. Uh, we have Don. Hi. <laughs> you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, my name is Don Robertson, and I currently am a nurse. Been a nurse for more than 13 years. I do travel oh. nursing. I love it. Very hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'll be at in a couple more years if I'll still be a nurse, but it, right now I'm a travel nurse. Oh, wow. And love nurses. Love right. love it. You guys do. I mean, I don't I don't think that's just something I don't think I would be able to do. So it's a hard, it's a hard job. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. So, so thankful for, the, you know, and I got to say, I'm so thankful for the nurses that, you know, when my mom was sick in the hospital, I just loved them. So. Right. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there, there's a lot with nurses. So yeah. now yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about your, your daughter. Yes. Uh, Brianna. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about, a little bit about her. Brianna was the most loving, want to laugh love with her whole heart person you ever wanted to meet at the time when she passed away she was 26 wow way too young 26 27 so we're going on three years now i can't believe it oh my word but she did have a son he is 10 today and brianna wanted to be a surgeon she wanted to do so many things um, she had such great hopes and dreams. Um, she did have some mental health issues, being bipolar. Um, so that came with its, you know, trying to weave that into your life, getting your medications right, taking care of, you know, a child. Yeah, it's t- it's tough but when you're when you're a parent and trying to go through all that stuff. It's, it kind of is tough. I mean, mm-hmm. now I'm lucky enough that I knew Brianna. I personally knew Brianna. She hung around with my daughter, Tiffany. I'm trying to think of how old they were then. Tiffany is going to be 29 next year. But I think they were like 9 or 10 at that age. Oh. They were in, I just remember grade school, that's all. Junior high. Junior, Junior high. high. Junior high. Junior high. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, that. They, they would, her, the three of the girls, they would be all over the place. I <laughs> Were they uh, like the three musketeers? Worse. Oh, oh, yeah. Worse. <laughs> yeah. Or the three amigos. Oh, right. They, no, we had a couple parks that they had there. Oh, we did. Um, and I remember their biggest complaint was, was it Joey that had to like follow behind them and yes. they, oh, they, they, now don't get me wrong. They all like Joey, but. When the girls wanted to go off on their own. Oh, they sure did. They tried to go off on their own. They sure did. And you would find them in any hiding plot, any hiding place. Right. (laughs) It was like, it was like carrying Linus around with you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, now the apartments or townhomes that we lived in at the time. Yeah. Um, there was a unique wall where they all had access to get out of their bedrooms. Had no idea about that until years later. Yeah. Really? That's oh, yeah. right. What kind of wall? So it it was the, it was a roof that was right outside the window that went to like a, a a wall down. So what would happen is I lived right next to Anna, and I would see Anna sneak out out the window, down the roof, and slide down the wall. So <laughs> now I I see this and I'm going, okay, what's going on? 
So I go out and <laughs> Uncle Mike. <laughs> yeah. I see Tiffany is out the door. I'm right. like, okay. I don't know where they're going. So I sure enough see them going up and they're scaling the wall to get into Brianna's room. <laughs> if you had told me to use bed sheets or something, I think I would have believed. No, no, they they, they, they scaled up the wall and they got in there. Like climbed it still? Yeah, they, they, they climbed up the wall and I mean, th- those girls can climb. And about five or ten minutes, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm sitting out there waiting and I'm going, huh, do I want to say anything? They're just all in the house. That's no big deal. So just about time I'm going inside, I see the window open. So I kind of move off to the side. Sure enough, here comes all three girls sliding down that wall. <laughs> and then they decide to go play in the park at like 11 o'clock at night. Pitch Back then, if you'd have told me, I do remember a lot of deniable on mine. I, they wouldn't do that. No, they, <laughs> no, they wouldn't do that. And I lived across the street from you yep. with my front facing the street and yours was more to the back yep we were facing opposite directions yeah <laughs> oh okay <laughs> and i don't know they, they would go say they didn't get in any trouble they really didn't they would just go back there and sit on like the little i think it was like the saw horses and things out there yeah and they would just go out there and just bs you couldn't joey was gonna tell on them <laughs> well i think that's why they snuck out the window so that he didn't see where they went <laughs> nice so, oh. yeah, were, too bad Mikey wasn't around for that. They could have had Joey and Mikey like both following him. Uh, Mikey wasn't even. <laughs> he was even, Yeah, I was going to yeah. say maybe a couple years later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember she. My here the only only problem that I had with Brianna was those eyes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you could, I could yell at Tiffany. I could yell at Anna. <laughs> Brianna was just she gave you those like puppy dog eyes. She would just cry, Oh, I can't believe you she, you spoke badly to me. Oh Yeah, she was she could really manipulate your feelings with the way she was, right? <laughs> Same thing. Carries on. Carries on that, <laughs> that that lives off. And he and Emilio who was with us today here in the with us recording, he is ten now, and he looks acts like her. Mm-hmm. He's and I and I thank God for that. But then other days, I'm like, my goodness, he's he, just like her. He just looked at me and he gave me those same eyes. It, <laughs> that's the same face. He's got he's got her heart. It's he's that, got her soul. He's it's that got smile. That, yeah. yeah, it's that smile. So yeah, he got a puppy out of me. That's right. I financed a puppy just for that Aww. look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so totally was, worth it. <laughs> she was really a good person. Oh yeah. I don't remember. I remember. Tr- I remember all of them getting in trouble. I don't remember anything really that Brianna did that was like mean or hurtful or anything like that. I mean, right. Looking back crazy. now, looking back now though, in junior high, I felt like that was the pivotal point for me that I did not recognize that she had bipolar then or the mental health issues that was like the start of it the missing of the school the the being secretive with the with the things that were troubling her you know okay yeah so what kind so did you i'm sure you got her help right oh yes we went to counselors she's also i think she did a year at boys town um she had come back from there did really well 
and then the previous year she was she had Emilio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's 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 a tough life, especially with those. Oh yes. Um, now she went to California. Went to California, thrived, did really well. Her and Emilio, um, just every day, you know, they went to school, they came home, and then. With mental health, you have to stay on your medications or have the right cocktail. Yeah. There's so much that is so different for every person. Right. A lot of those meds, people don't realize that it takes a le- it builds up a level. You have to have that level. And about the time it starts being a good level for them, they're like, oh, I don't need them anymore. I don't need meds anymore. I'm doing so good. That's yeah. that's the problem is... is- the medicine it's a cycle. Helps. Yeah, the medicine helps. You start feeling better, and you're like, well, I feel so much better. I don't mm-hmm. need this anymore. So you stop taking them, and you mm-hmm. start feeling bad, and you, you it, it's, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. Right, it is. They, they, and, it's, and it's also called cycling where they would go through periods of this, periods of sadness, periods of happiness, you know, the highs, the lows, nothing in between. Yeah. Um, she did go to quite a few doctors for pain. You know, because with that, I think depression comes with pain as well. Um, but I was lucky enough that um, she got to do quite a bit. Yeah, you know, good. in in the well, know. California. That's my old stopping ground there. So <laughs> she, we we lived in Sacramento. So oh. she she really loved California. She you know loved everything about it. She was born in California. So oh, okay. Um, yeah, she got to, you know, she and and Brianna got to live her life the way Brianna wanted to live her life. You know? Yeah, and you can't you can't fault someone for living the life they want to live. No. Nope. Um, now, that's that's the biggest problem with this is her life was cut short. Yes. Now, she passed away on July 8th, 2020. Yes. What happened that day? So before that, she was in California. I think she was having some relationship issues, and at that time, her significant other was a woman, um, where I think they were, you know, it all starts, it doesn't just happen overnight. It's something that she was having some issues there, I think, combined with not being in school, not getting the goals and dreams she wanted meeting. I think she was also having some relationship issues where it became kind of toxic for them both. And that just kind of sets up for everything. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been there. I've done that. I think we all have, you know, unfortunately. And I did tell her, I said, you know, Brianna, at that point, she had already been gone for two years with Emilio. I said, you know what? We love you. Your family misses you. Come home. Let's do this together. You know what I mean? You never know that time heals so many wounds i yeah. said come home let us wrap our arms around you help you find the right medications help you start a new life here right you know one that has support and family and i'm not saying she didn't have that in she had some support and she had people there in california well, yeah but you're her mom so i mean there's right a- i'm going to talk about <laughs> the immediate family that was here right I, yeah. well i don't care who you are when it comes to moms, that's the first. That's <laughs> yep. I don't care who you are. When mom says, "Hey," especially when you're away, oh, a ways away. That's half the United States away. Mom's gonna say, "Come home." That's that's a natural reaction. And she does so have she a brother. And she does have two other brothers. Everybody was six years perfectly apart. 
I do have a total of five kids, but they were melded from marriage. And um, Steve, my husband, was amazing through all of us melding. Not everybody came together. Not everybody wanted to be together. So they all kind of lived their own life. Mm -hmm. Right. But you were able to talk her to come home. I was able to. So that was June 8th. So her June 8th is when Brianna got here in 2020 with Emilio. One month to the day she was, I got a call, a text from her significant other telling me to go check on her. And a few days later, Emilio turned seven. Mm -hmm. Wow. A few days after that, everything happened in that month of July of 2020. My mother had died the year before. My birthday was on the 21st, so if you can understand, I do not like the month of July at all. Well, I can understand that. That's a lot lot to go in one month. Yeah. And I understand everybody went through 2020 with COVID and everything else to have that. And I feel like Emilio has done so well. He is, he, I feel like he, he may not feel like he's got a charmed life, but he, I feel like he has done so much better than me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like maybe, maybe soulful wise, I'm just, I'm just a little drained. That's the goal though. The goal as a parent and grandparents is always to make sure that the people after you have it better. That's right. Do more for others than you do for yourself. Right. Even as a mother, auntie. You know, and she had, she had everyone. She was an auntie. She was a mother. You know, she was a sister. Mm. She was a cousin. You know, she had so much. She had, she was a part of everything in this life. She had best friends. Right. So did you Mm. find her or who found her? So on the morning of July 8th, I got a a text. I had been going. Her house was really, we lived on a farm in Omaha, Nebraska, and she lived not more than, I'd say, maybe a thousand feet from us in a small trailer that was getting remodeled, and Bree was slowly getting on her own, getting her, you know, so that Amelia was going to be a big part of her life after the the trailer was remodeled, so she, she kind of had it good. She didn't have to pay any down payments. She didn't have to do none of that. But I was helping coming by every day to make sure she was good. I just didn't go that day. I work as an overnight nurse, so I hadn't had a chance. I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, let me just go. Let me just go home, get a little bit of rest. We wanted to start the pool for Emilio's birthday because it was due to be his birthday and everybody was going to come over and do the bounce house and he was going to be seven. So I was like, this is perfect. You know, I couldn't have thought of anything better. I got one text that said, go check on her now. I was still in my bathing suit. I wasn't thinking. I'm like, okay. So I know that probably within a few days before that, she had broke her toe and had gone to, like, the Nebraska Med Center to get something for pain for her toe. Uh Okay. They did label her as a seeker, so they were never going to give her anything. What does that mean? A seeker? Like a pill seeker. Like she was seeking pain meds. Ah, okay. So what they did give her was one oxycodone. What she had asked her significant other for, who lived in California, by text and by mail, or by text, hey, I need something for this pain. 
this person sent them an Oxycontin in the mail, which she received earlier that day, and with some Xanax and a few other things. Well, she took half the pill. I did not know it at the time. When I was told to go check on her, I go to check on her, and she was face down. When I... I didn't know at the time. I thought, oh, she's sleeping. Oh, come on, lazy head. We're not going to sleep today. Get up. Let's get up. So I kept shaking her. When I turned her over, she just looked dusky as ever. So then after that, I realized I, I my husband was outside with, with his autistic son. I said, you got to call 911. She's not breathing. He goes, do you want me to start CPR? And I'm like, no, I knew I was going to get it done. I was like, I got to do this. Uh-huh. thought anybody's going to do CPR on her, it's going to be me. Okay. So we live so far out there that at the time, now they have a brand new fire department not far from where we used to live. But when you have, when you have a uh, rural fire department, they're on volunteer basis at the time. And so, I just remember doing CPR, what seemed like for an eternity, before they ever got there. Wow. It was so hot. I just remember, and when the, when the, one of the fire department guys got there, they asked me, how many rounds of CPR have you done? I said, I don't know. I, I, I just wasn't counting. Like, so much went through my head. Like, I just, and I, and I saw them do Narcan with her, where they put Narcan up your nose to try to reverse the effects of the any of the opioid. Right. And at that time, I had no idea that this was what that was. That sh- that it was over. And I didn't even know what it was. I just knew she wasn't breathing at that time. And that wasn't enough. No. I didn't discover that until at that point I went straight to you know, the Bergen Mercy, and I know one of the other nurses came to me, and she said, uh, Don, I need you to go in there, and I said, you guys, I, I thought she was coming back. I just, I don't remember the ride there. I remember I have asthma pretty bad, and I, I just had a hard time breathing, and they were like, do you want us to, you know, I was like, no, I, I need to see my daughter now. And they're like, that's when they told me she didn't make it, and I said, I, I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. They're like, we have done everything we could possibly do for her at this point. We, there's no way we can we can bring her back. That's uh, hard to hear. It's It has mentally messed with me on so many levels, but I believe, you know, when, I used to work in hospice, and when somebody says to you, when you have a loved one dying, Someone tells you that everything happens for a reason. There's no reason. There's nothing. Nobody could have told me anything at that point that would have been okay to nothing. I don't care. There's no reason for this. And I, and I didn't even have a clue as to what it was until the, until the, uh, toxicology came back. But then while she was there, the one good thing I I have to say while she was there, a group of people had come in and said, look, um, Brianna was an organ donor. Do you want to, we can't donate certain organs, but we, 
and it's called On With Life. I think it's On With Life or one on uh, the picture. They gave the picture of Brianna and it's, uh, I think it's called On With Life or uh-huh. um, basically they take organ donation. They do organ donation. So like her eyes, her certain vessels of her neck. Oh, wow. Um, so she did get to do organ donation before anything else. And it's just a, a process and a everything that you just, it's hard to wrap your mind around and your heart. It, it is. It's, it's, uh, it's a tough, a tough break. I mean, that's, I understand. I don't know. I, I, the whole organ donors, I mean, now there are pieces of her that live on. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I, I guess some people take solace in that, but man, that does, it's just, you're right. And I gave them say. permission to give them my name and phone number that if they ever just wanted to say, hey, we got her eyes, I would love to see her eyes again. Um, there is a story about a person that when he passed away, his heart went to someone else and the family got to listen to the heartbeat. The heartbeat. The heartbeat. Um, th- so there are stories like that that happen yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's one thing to hear those stories. It's a whole nother thing to experience those stories. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So now, now this is years later. How how did she get the pill? I mean, what what's going on after the fact now? So, I I feel bad that I I really haven't had the courage, or I should look up what the laws are. You know, it's a federal offense to be sending medications through the mail. Oh, it is? She was sent one package that had pills in it. Probably like four, maybe four pills at the at the time. She had taken a picture of it with her phone. Mm-hmm. They, um, they found it in her bathroom. And she wasn't trying to do any harm to herself. What she did was she took half of a pill that was in that package. And she, there were, uh, I guess, I think maybe some Xanax bars in there. But for the most part, when they had talked to me about when the pharmacology came back on it, as a nurse, I'm thinking in pharmacology, like, hey, you got a prescription, and Uh that's how that was. And that was the beginning of the fentanyl craziness and the crisis of bringing all the stuff over from Mexico Uh and... They're saying now so much of it comes from China, on and on and on, but it only takes a grant. And when they said it was fentanyl, I just had, I couldn't even wrap my brain around that. No, they have not got the person. And I feel like if you send something to someone, I understand. I get it. If you love them, I get it. But to me, they had a hand in her. I feel like it's murder. I'm sorry. That's how I outright look at it. Did they? They know? should have be held accountable for it. Did she know it had fentanyl in it? No, no. She probably thought it was an oxy cotton or codone. You know, X Y Z milligrams. She had no. I'm positive she had no idea because she was out there making plans for Amelia to come over. She went out with her brother the night before and said, hey, can you bring me my license? Because she wanted to get a job. She was trying to start her, her new life here in Nebraska. This, there's no, like, taking a half a pill. Yeah, that's not, that, you can, that's not intentional. And nobody yeah. knew 
that it was fentanyl. Till, and of course, COVID slowed everything down. The investigation, the everything down. The wow. everything down. So now, going forward, they only need to go and do a couple other things and bring that person, extradite them here to Nebraska. Oh, wow. But because they have so many other cases, it just kind of gets put back on the back line, back in the back. Because now you've got two states in jurisdiction here. You're talking about right. California and now Nebraska. Not everybody want to do, wants to do something in California that's going to help out Nebraska and nobody, they're having a hard time getting Nebraska to get to California yeah. to make it happen. Right. So now you're writing a book. Yes, I am. And I understand Emilio has written a book as yes, well. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Are you in the stages of getting unpublished? Emilio's is ready to be done. Okay. His his is about his dog named Blaze, but we wanted to call, we're going to call it Blazin: The Adventures of Blazin. And the great thing about Blazin is uh, the first book is going to be called the Sock Sock Goblin because <laughs> yep. he loves to steal socks yep. and his awesome adventures. And we're going to go ahead and get that put on uh, Amazon. Okay, through the publishing there. Okay. And uh, I'm just looking for a better illustrator and we'll be done. Yeah. He, the book is all written. It's quite cute. Aww. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I definitely would like to have a copy of that. Yeah, I me think that would be kind of cool. Because we'll get the author to sign it. Yeah. There <laughs> yep. we go. Autograph signing. <laughs> now, I, I, I know about dogs and stealing socks. <laughs> I've got two of them that do it. Yep. Just one, not both. <laughs> no, both, both of ours are... Always in trouble. Right. Right. I don't know. I think it's uh, one more than the other, but. It very well could be, but (laughs) they're both crazy. I've seen the one play with socks before. Well, he's been been really good for Emilio. He's been a very good support. I really was not going to go ahead and get this dog, but I feel like he's been a, he's been a good addition to our home. So the, what's the first book? What's the name of the first book? The Sock Goblin. The Sock Goblin. <laughs> yep, that's we have a be, couple of those. <laughs> man, that's going to be a nice book. So, uh, and so as soon as you get an illustrator going, you're going to be yep. good to go. We're going to be perfect. Now, you're going to write a book too, right? Yes, I am. Uh, mine is going to be a mystery for it. I'm going to do part fiction, part from reality. Okay. And mine also takes part of, um, in Omaha, probably... 2021 i say i want to say about there march officers had um they had did a drug bust there where a man tried to go ahead who came from canada tried to pull a um breaking bad and basically they made all these designer with carfentanil derivative they made all of these i mean thousands and thousands of pills they seized that day oh my gosh and he said it was more about making it. So they had this sales force of 20 people that they were going to send out to all these different states. So they averted how many deaths that day by oh. by seizing all of that. That's crazy. And so he made this designer drugs. So all I know is that I want to be an advocate. I want to be able to leave my mark and say, look, if I could tell one person, if we were to do it over now that they have Narcan, 
Do I know, do I think that Narcam would have reversed any of her effects? I don't know. I can't say that. But it would have been nice if I could have said, yes, we had it in our house because my husband and I had talked about it before. See, and I, I will tell you, we just, uh, we just found out you can actually get the Narcan up at Walmart or at Walgreens. <laughs> so Walgreens can have it. So. Of course, Sadie wants to bark right when I was talking uh, of like there. <laughs> and I hope in the future I can see that it it's something that you can maybe have one a year. Maybe one a year for your house. Yeah. Maybe that, if that just saved one person's life. Well, just, and we were, we were talking with uh, Rebecca's Aunt Candy. Mm-hmm. They have vending machines for this in Kentucky. Like in their public parks. Yeah, in their public yeah. parks. In San Francisco. Like and oh, they have it there too? Oh, yeah. I've heard that part too. There's uh, Portland, Oregon. They have like where you go in there and get your torches and your uh, your glasses. They have like the Narcan kits sitting right there. Too. I mean, it's crazy. Right. Um, wow. The fact that we... I remember, you know, people who had like uh, the EpiPens. You know, you had to have the EpiPens or the bee. If you were like allergic to, you know, bee stings or stuff like that, right. you had to have that, those kits with you. I never in a million years would have thought we would have had to have that for fentanyl and other opioids. That's crazy, right? And I and I feel like I think as time goes on, I mean, you're you're going to go from 2020 to fast forward now to 2023. Just trying to find the numbers on how many, just let's talk about people, not just teenagers, not not below the age of, it didn't matter how old you were. Yeah. People were dying of, so dying of a one pill kills. And that's their new slogan now is yeah. one pill kills. And if everyone could get that message, like, there were teenagers out there that thought they were taking Tylenol. And it was a set of twins. They were out playing, I mean, not playing, um, partying with uh, high school stuff where they were drinking. And they took some Tylenol. Well, each one of them trying to stage off maybe a hangover. Right. They died, both of them. So I've lost one. I can't imagine losing two. Yeah. Could they have had Narcan there? Would that have helped them? Well, and that's that's the thing is, uh, you know, this, this fentanyl, this is why it's so dangerous. They're mixing it, they're cutting it with uh, just about everything. Um, now, what people don't know is fentanyl is about 50 times more potent than heroin. That's crazy. And 100 times more potent than morphine. Wow. So... If you are, if you're taking a pill, like an Oxycontin, and you mix a little bit of fentanyl in there, you're increasing the, the effect of it, and you're, you're essentially making it a little cheaper, because right. fentanyl's dirt cheap. It's right. a purely synthetic, you know, mixture. And they have found nurses, and that's why, you know, they have the things in nursing that they have, because two nurses taking off or observing a patch, either being put on, destroyed, location they have found nurses with a whole bunch of patches that were supposed to be you know taking off a, a person and they find them on her back and she they find her she's dead it's because she had all these patches on her back that were a fentanyl patch there's Jeez. liquid liquid that oh. they give you like in the hospital so 
the way they're going about it now and they're mixing it and they're making it in a pill form it's just it's just insane and i think we've only touched the tip from all of the migrants and all the fentanyl that has been coming over from the border i feel like we're just at the tip of seeing the losses of life yeah i i, I agree um I think our I think our priorities are a little bit backwards here. I think we're a little bit we're so worried about an AR-15 or other guns when <laughs> these drugs are killing more people hands down. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are more people dying from this from fentanyl overdoses or opiate over- overdoses or just general. I mean, now there's two different ways. There's pharmaceutical, and then there's the illegal. People are dying from the, um, from the pharmaceutical. That's part of my, that's part of my problem. So you have these doctors and the, you have these, our healthcare workers that are prescribing these. And I, I just listened to a story today. Huh? I let her listen to a story today. Yeah. The guy was on so much pain pill. And finally, one of the doctors says, yeah, we need to start weaning you off. Prescribed and, and unprescribed. He was all, he was all unprescribed. Everything he had was prescribed. Right. And finally, a doctor said, yeah, I think that's pretty high. We need to start weaning you off. Right. They had no exit plan for him. When he started weaning him off, they didn't, he called. He was, he was like, Hey, I'm going through horrible withdrawals. This is, I feel like I'm going to die. I need right. help. I need help. They kept saying, Oh, go talk to your pain management. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to take him. They finally, finally reverted him to a, to a rehab facility after what, four weeks? Yeah. Right. No, after not four even weeks, four weeks. Yeah. Just about three or four weeks, they, they, they said, uh, rehab and they said, yeah, we're for more long term. Right. Uh, we can't take you plus there's a wait list. Right. How, how is anybody supposed to get help when they? And there's so many facets of it. You combine that with somebody either having mental health, mm-hmm. actual pain or yeah. anything else. There are so many de- depression. Yeah. Any of that. All of those are so, such big factors. That you, until somebody comes in your orbit, do have to have any idea how any of that even comes around. Well, and that's, that's also the problem with, with us here too, is there's such a stigmata with being, having a mental health disorder. Right. People don't want to go get help because they don't want to get labeled with that, right? Right. So. Even in the hospitals, they will label you as a pill seeker and then you will be forced depending on where you're at on the scale of things, to go out and get your own medications, prescribe yeah. your own. So you, you, you're you either telling them and trying to reach out, because Brianna reached out and was trying to get help every step of the way. Yep. Every yep. step of the way. No one had time to sit down with her and say, okay, what's going on? Where? What kind of pain are you feeling? No, everybody was just passing her, passing her yeah. along, right? That's exactly what they did. That's the problem with our health system. That is that is a very problem. So when someone needs help, they're going to labor, oh, yeah, you're just a pill seeker. And she went well, out on her own maybe, and got her own pill. Yeah, maybe yeah. she needed help. Maybe she did need some some other medication. The only way she knew how to do it was go get illegal drugs to numb that pain. She, she tried the emergency room. She tried asking at a clinic. I mean, I can count probably 12 to 13 different times that she has went and asked them hey this is what's going on 
Yeah. Before that day ever happened. What, the the story I had where the guy was trying to come down off of it because he, he had a horrible motorcycle accident. They gave it to him for his, his foot. And to listen to his withdrawal story was just ridiculous. And that was really I, eye-opening. The fact that he couldn't get any help just blew my mind. And the fact that if someone has a, a an issue... Whether, you know, mental health issue, pain management, any of that, trying to get help, no one wants to listen. No one wants to hear you. All they care is, do you have an insurance card? Because we, we want our money. And we the, want our money. And the office visit of 10, if you're lucky, 15 minutes, that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I, I've this is why I don't like doctors. This is why I don't like going to them. Because when I go in there... I don't feel they're even listening to me. They're going through a checklist. The, the one doctor I went through, he goes, uh, he, he started asking if I wanted to get a prostate exam. I'm like, um, are you, listen, I'm here because of this. I, the prostate exam, he, you're just checking off boxes on your list. He's trying to ask you to uh, take part in exams that will cost you more than what you're there for. Yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. I So... I left, I left there. I, I will tell you, I've never gone back to that doctor. I will not go back to that doctor because you didn't, he didn't help me. He didn't try to help me. He didn't want to listen to me. He was just, you, you say something and you could say, Oh, yeah, yeah. And I say, like, Yeah. And I had a, a gerbil come out of my ass uh, on Thursday. And, and he's like, Okay, okay. Yeah. So we could get you in there for a prostate exam. But I do have a lot of pain. Like, no, no, no. The, ger- I have the gerbil. Some pain. The, I have the gerbil going there for the prostate exam. He said all, I was all good. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but these are what, uh, sorry. Yeah. I go on these things. They, like they, they only heard blah, 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 gerbil. Yeah. Right, right. No pain. No, I need, I need help with. They don't, they, and, they Unless don't they are the keyword, unless they are the keywords, gerbil stuck somewhere. Was that? They, you they have the wet gerbil. I know it. You you have to say something outrageous like that for them That's to right. even listen to you. That's right. I, I just can't stand it. I, I so I no. could. I know. I know. If you're you know seeking help, you're not getting it. What are you supposed to do? And I and with Brianna, I heard that a lot. Mom, I went to this doctor. Mom, I went to this doctor. Her brothers had helped, tried to help her. Joshua and Joe had tried to help her a lot. And they, Joe was six years younger than her. Joshua was six years older than her. So on both ends, she tried every person. She reached out to friends. She reached out to family. She was only back in Omaha for one month exactly. That's and crazy. if you can imagine 30 days, all of that had occurred in 30 days. That just blows my mind of how do we go forward? How do we, how do we bring something out of such a tragedy? How do we bring and advocate for other people so that maybe one more person doesn't have to die for this? One more person. So like when Emilio went to school, someone gave him on the playground a pill that was in a package. Now this was given by a doctor. In the package, all Emilio saw, who was 10, thinking, oh, my God, it's candy. Awesome. Let me eat this. Let me take this. I got a call from the principal. She didn't seem as alarmed as I did. I said, you do know his mother died from an overdose, right? An accidental one. Someone giving her a pill. Yeah. Wow. And it was 
It was something that was a medication. So having to tell him, hey, I need you to understand you're 10, that if someone offers you medication or pills... Well, and that, I've got to ask on that, why do the parents give them that pill in a bag to take to school? Like, <laughs> I, I, I really thought medic, medication like that had to go through the nurse, didn't they? It does, yeah. They, they said it was a glucose pill, but who knows, it could have been anything else. Yeah. And the fact that I think that Emilio saw it in a, like, we just had Halloween. So you're looking at candy. All the parents need to check the candy. We don't even know if people weren't doing something to these kids' as candy. Yeah. Like, and it because he said, because it was in a wrapper, that he thought it was a piece of candy. Like a, cert, a Smartie or a, something yeah. that kids could eat. That's that's still crazy, but that's still... there. I, I mean, I don't think we would ever think about even giving Mikey a pill to take to school with him. He'll take any medication... Before he left. Right. Yeah. And then if any medication, it'll have to go through the school nurse. But right. But it, it brings to the point and for to the forefront that people are getting other people. That's why they have, Omaha has uh, take back the medicine days where they allow you to go to certain, like they just recently had one, to where you can go and take your, your medications that are no longer up in your cabinets so that they don't go into the wrong hands. Thank God they have that. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. So I, I hope, you know, I hope people who are listening will understand that they got to watch it now. People and put their you- medicine up in the cabinet. They, uh, let me go ahead and go get some of your Tylenol. Maybe I see a, I'm coming to your house for holidays. I'm going to go ahead and take some of your Xanax or your Valium or your pain medicine with, let me have, you don't need those anymore. Let well, me take those but with me. The, the issue is it's so hard to get some of that medication when you need it sometimes. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it really gets kind of crazy. You know, it, you know, someone who may need Xanax, well, you know. And the cost. Yeah. You, you ain't even made it. You just barely made it in the doctor's office for a hundred and two hundred dollars. Yeah. You, you can barely get your medications after that. There are some medications that people can't afford to get. Yeah. I so agree. they say, now that's the problem. I can so, see it over cost. When mm-hmm. when a pill when a pill costs you know three hundred dollars for a, a pill and there's a few there's a few prescription pills that cost over three hundred dollars per pill. So what blew my mind is I had to go to I went to Mexico because I could not afford a surgery here. I had a gastric sleeve. I went to Mexico and I promise you there's a pharmacia on every corner. And I was actually over there and was able to I, if I wanted to get an eighty milligram oxycodone I could have got it without a prescription. Yep. And no one blinking an eye at me. And that's in Mexico. So you go down there, you get all these Oxycontins, everything else. You cut them up so you could, so that one Oxycontin you could split into like three different pills. That's correct. Mix a little fentanyl in there so it's a little more potent. Now that one pill, you're selling three of those. You cross the border. You come into the United States. And then now you have, you know. And it has to be, they're going to call it a personal supply. You can come back with a personal supply of well, three ninety days. You're you're talking about the people that are coming through that that ID that stuff going through. Right. We're not talking about all the illegal crossings that happen and all of what they bring over, right? And the people they use as drug mules. That's yeah. correct. 
So we're you're we're not even scratching the surface on right. a lot of this. Right. So I did go ahead and join. Um, there was a website on Facebook called Families Against Fentanyl, and I think that covers more broader than just Nebraska. Okay. What I'm looking to do is I did. I think once upon a time I saw where some mothers were mothers uh, against fentanyl for Omaha. I am going to create one for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So this way, anybody that wants to say, hey, my daughter died or my son died or somebody that wants to tell their story there, whether it be an adult, whether it be a child, I'm going to go ahead and make sure I'm going to get Mike's help with this yep. <laughs> and get it. I would like to get a group up and running on the Facebook. And if it gives you a, if you want to just post a public service announcement, I feel like that's something more we need to do. Maybe you know some place where I can get some Narcan for free. You know yeah. what I mean? And that'll be something I will be having in my house. I, I, whether I'm going to carry it like an inhaler, <laughs> uh, it'll be something that I feel like should be readily now with parents and, and teaching their kids that one pill will kill. Whether they teach adults, one pill will kill. Yeah. So we, we are, we're going to help you with a Facebook group. Um, That'd be great. We'll, we'll help you get that set up. Thank you very much. We will go ahead and we're going to promote that page. We will. So we'll definitely. we'll definitely, when we get it created, we'll share your link um, and we'll get that going. Thank so, you so much. It was a pleasure having you in here. Um, it, was, it was a pleasure no, being here. I wish it was under better circumstances. I right. really do. Hopefully the next time I ever get to maybe be on your podcast, I'll get to have some really great stories to tell. Okay. And maybe we can do some great ones about what the face, what the Facebook page did for somebody. I would you love know, to have that. I think, I think for me, that would be something you can't always think that, Hey, I'm going to get the person who sent something through the mail that killed my daughter. So, but I'm hoping that something like that will make me feel like I had some kind of action behind what happened. They may not be held responsible, which I feel like they should be. I feel like that is something that I can do yeah, to heal my soul. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have a, next time you're on, we'll, you'll have a book. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I want to, I want to hear all about the thought goblin. So. And you will truly get a signed copy of each one. All right. All right. I'm good yeah. with that. Thank you. Thank well, you all for listening. I yeah. think that is going to be our show. And thank you for having the podcast. It, you know, like you said, it, it's some place to give people a voice about things that really matter. I'm glad that's, that's actually why, why we started this. So. Exactly. So yeah, thank we were both. very thank glad you. to help you today or have you on today and, Bye, everybody.